Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Sunday here on the Green Zone, live from Circa. I'm Jeff Barles. He's Wes Reynolds. Happy to be with you here on VSIN. Wes, good to be in studio with you. We've got the next three hours here on the program. And let's just begin uh, early morning here in the in, on the West Coast. Uh, morning, not ridiculously early morning for the East Coast audience. Uh, but not good for Team USA anyway. You slice it in men's basketball. Uh as high as a 17-point favorite, as low as an 11-point favorite, closed about 12.5 at BetMGM, 12.5-13, uh, the predominant numbers. And Wes, a uh, lackluster last four minutes, dozen Team USA, and for the first time since 2004, they have a loss in the Olympics. Yeah, the, uh, the under does get there, and it did get bet down to about 174, so got in at least early on that number, but... I only I thought the story was going to end up maybe being the fact that this was not on television, like regular right. television live anywhere. You had to have the Peacock or one of the streaming apps, the Olympic Channel, NBCOlympics.com, what, what have you. But you thought that was going to be the story. But the story is that the Americans get beat in pool play 83 to 76 by the French. Uh, not only winning outright as about 13-point underdogs, basically, as a market consensus. Uh, Americans look like they took control of the game with about four minutes ago. It was 74-67. The French go on a 16-2 run. A lot of open threes missed by Team USA. They were 10-32 from the three-point line. And really, the best player on the team, who 
this run might have happened a little bit earlier if it wasn't for him was the guy that got there last, and that was Drew Holiday, of course, was busy wrapping up a title with the Milwaukee Bucks, as was Chris Middleton. But Drew Holiday led all scores for Team USA with 18 points. And look, credit the French. They played very good defense. And look, was something I was having a discussion on Twitter with somebody today, and I was like, look, these guys aren't scared necessarily of Team USA anymore. This is not 1992 where you're trying to get selfies and autographs and, and all that stuff. And you were just dazzled by the star power. These guys now play 82 nights a year against, against uh, NBA players, even though it's not all NBA guys on the French team. But nevertheless, Evan Fournier was the star of stars today. 28 points for him. Rudy Gobert, 14 points, 9 rebounds. And you really kind of saw with Rudy's defense... This was not playing the Los Angeles Clippers where they can get him lost in space in terms of a, of a pick and roll. He was able to stay in the paint. They gave up a, a fair amount of looks at the end. The Americans had so many threes down the stretch. Durant couldn't make them. Damian Lillard uh, did not have his best game today. He certainly took some on the Twitter machine. So Team USA now 0-1. Looking at the adjusted prices, I believe here at BetMGM it's minus 250. I've seen as low as two and a quarter elsewhere in the market but uh team usa look i I don't want to necessarily panic but look the world i think has at least gotten on the level and even if team usa doesn't win the gold here they are obviously still the best basketball nation in the world it's not like you have your top 12 players one through 12 over here still this is not a loss that you should take no it's not a loss you should take and 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 look yeah i think the alarming thing is too wes this is a team france they lost to Japan mm-hmm. in their last exhibition before this, and Japan is supposed to be the worst team in the field here, Wes. Right. Yeah, so, look, the, everybody is going to give Team USA its best shot, and we certainly saw that this morning out here early on the West Coast. I actually woke up for the second half, so I did miss the first half, uh, didn't you? Late night watching some of the ancillary events that were actually live on this Olympic coverage that is 16 hours ahead of West Coast time, of course, over there in Tokyo. So... Uh, look, uh, Team USA, look, they're going to get Iran uh, next game. They should be able to beat them, and then it's basically, okay, beat the Czech Republic to go ahead and advance out of pool play and then advance to the knockout round. I fully expect that they are going to be able to do so. But we thought maybe the timing was going to be a little bit slow over here. You you have three players that you were adding into the mix that all play today a various amount of minutes, that being Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, and, of course, Drew Holiday, who is the leading scorer for Team USA. So, look. I, I'm not shocked necessarily. I think this is a bad loss, and this is, you know, you should get the win. I don't want to be too much hot takeish, but look, this isn't the best team we're sitting over there, so it's not a walk in the park that this team is going to win a gold medal. If you have a ticket on the Boomers right now, that's Australia for for folks who don't know nicknames. Very impressive. I, I, w- I would say that is a uh, that is a ticket that's pretty darn good, especially if you're sitting up loaded number like you and JVT are, Wes. Yeah, very impressive win over Nigeria in the overnight. Absolutely, uh, uh, Aussies are the second favorite right now in the Olympic gold futures. It is the Green Zone here on Visa, and he's Wes Reynolds. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you, and uh, Wes. Of course, uh, you and Brady Cannon host Long Shots. Uh, you hear it during the week uh, here on vsin and vsin.com slash podcast. And the 3M Open uh, just outside of the Twin Cities in Minnesota in its final round. And, Wes, you have 
two guys that are squarely in the mix here. Yeah, we do. Uh, Johnny Vegas at 70-1 to pre-flop is now 13-under. He is tied with Ches Reeby for the lead. So right now at BetMGM, Ches Reeby at 7-2 to as Ches Reeby is trying to putt for birdie here at number 7 to go ahead and take that outright lead. I don't believe he's going to come up short, so he'll have some work. Way short. Wow. So he's plus 350. Johnny Vegas at 4-1. to And then uh, also got a guy sneaking into that top 10, Mito Pereira. I think he's going to run out of holes. He's through 13 holes right now and just 10 under bar. But Mito, of course, the young man from Chile that got the battlefield promotion from the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, Love is a battlefield. Well, so is the PGA Tour now because he gets that immediate promotion from the Corn Ferry Tour. So he's been playing very solid, though. Nice finish at the Barbasol last week, a tie for fifth, and now tie for eighth, making a good round of it. But Vegas and Reby, your top two. I thought my guy Bo Hogue was totally out of it. He kind of melted down and went to eight under R or eight under par, rather. And I think it was on 16 where I said, Bo Hogue is now Bo Soaked. Because he put one in the water, finished eight under bar, but he's four under on his round today, so he's just one shot back. 18 to one at BetMGM. There's still a few other players at 12 under two. Cam Champ and Pat Perez also at 12 under. Cam Champ plus 450. Pat Perez plus 550. Again, this is a jumbled leaderboard at the end of three rounds. A jumbled leaderboard yet again going into today. And uh, look, uh, Wes, with with this course and a a hole to end the round, mm-hmm. 18, we saw two uh, two years ago in the first year of this event, at the time a rookie in Matt, in Matt Wolf, who uh, turned out to be pretty good in, at this golf thing, Wes, uh, made an eagle on 18 to win this golf tournament, holding off uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Colin Morikawa, two guys who also turned out to be pretty good. Uh, and and uh, so, look, uh, if you're in this thing, if you're a shot back even going to 18, you have a shot to uh, to to get into a playoff or yeah. or even win this thing with uh w- w- with an eagle on AT. Yeah, no question about it. By the way, on the television broadcast, they just showed Patrick Reed finishing up his round. So now he awaits to uh, take the flight over to Tokyo because, of course, uh, and we'll report on this now. Mm-hmm. Overnight, there was some breaking news with a couple different players in this Olympic field this week. Bryson DeChambeau out due to COVID-19. So the next guys up in terms of the rankings were Patrick Cantlay and I believe Brooks Kepka, and I believe both elected not to go. So here comes Captain America, Patrick Reed, to turn babyface and save the day and take that spot. And look, that's one thing I do like about Reed. I know his personality is a little quirky. A lot of people, including some of our friends at this network, not very fond of Patrick Reed, but nevertheless, he is a hell of a competitor, and he is going to go ahead and go over here and try to win an Olympic gold medal. So the fact that he also didn't withdraw from this event because he could have maybe said, okay, I'm done. I'm not in contention. He finishes at six under par. So I'm going to go ahead and go to Tokyo and see if I can get there as early as possible. So Patrick Reed will be that fourth representative replacing Bryson DeChambeau. And then, of course, the world number one in the world, John Rahm, who's had a pretty up and down year, the high of highs and the low of lows, really, has his first child with his wife, Kelly, young Kappa Rahm. Wins the biggest tournament of the year, the U.S. Open, and the biggest of his career. And then loses the memorial when he tested positive for COVID-19 when he had a six-shot lead after 54 holes at Jack Nicklaus's tournament. And then now have to withdraw from the Olympic Games. So uh, uh, John Rahm, uh, an, an up-and-down year, I shall say. He will still remain the number one player in the world, though. Yeah, it really just bad luck more than anything over the last few months now for Rom. Uh, it's very rare to hear of someone testing positive twice in three months, but mm-hmm. here we are with John Rom 
uh, missing the Olympic Games. And remember, string, much more stringent testing yes. protocol for yes. the Olympics than uh, than any of the major sports over here in and the States. And they're also not, the Spaniards not replacing because Sergio elected not to go. So it was supposed to be Rahm and Audrey Arnaus, who plays mostly on the European tour. So it'll just be one Spanish representative. So now 59 players will tee it up this week in Tokyo. And really, Wes, when you look at the futures board for this tournament, which starts... Uh, late Wednesday mm-hmm. here in the States. Really the only guy who moved a ton off the news that Rom was going to be out of this tournament. No one really moved with DeChambeau being moved out. Reed just slid right in a little bit longer than DeChambeau's odds. But Colin Morikawa, the defending Open champion, he took a pretty big move to being the tournament's favorite. Yeah, no question. And and look, the American contingent over there is going to be Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, and now Patrick Reed. But you also do have Rory McIlroy here. You also have Paul Casey here. You also have the Korean contingent, Siwoo Kim, and also uh, Sonjae M. So you have Tommy Fleetwood. You have a lot of big names in this Olympic field, at least at the top, so that might provide value at the bottom. By the way, Matsuyama, of course, the Japanese hero, going to play basically in in his hometown, Victor Hovland, Cameron Smith, Shane Lowry. So a lot of really good names at the top of the board, but Colin Marikawa now will return as your betting favorite. I've seen him about 7-1 or about 15-2 in the market. I don't know how how I would handicap this tournament, though, Wes, coming up. uh, Again, uh, Overnight Wednesday night in Tokyo is when the Olympic golf mm-hmm. starts. Uh, again, if you're just joining us, John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau both out, testing positive for COVID-19. Spain not replacing John Rahm. Uh, the United States sending Patrick Reed as their fourth golfer in this tournament, uh, along with uh, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, and Colin Morikawa as the U.S. delegation for this tournament. But, Wes, uh, obviously this week you'll uh, you'll dive further yes. in uh, to, to this uh not much, uh, not much data on the uh, uh, on the uh, uh, on this course that they're playing at this week. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a little bit of digging this week because obviously this isn't like a regular event where you have the same course every single year uh, in terms of a PGA Tour event or a European Tour event. Wes, I want to go to baseball, and what would be in a year of the no hitter? What would be probably the most unlikely of no hitters? Because, again, most of these middle hitters have happened against really bad offenses. Mm-hmm. Right now in Boston, Domingo Herman and the Yankees, who were trying to avoid being, or excuse me, trying to get the split in this series after stealing yesterday's game with four runs in the eighth inning. Domingo Herman, who has been all over the place this year, has had some really good, has had some really awful, has six and, th- and a third innings under his belt, no hits allowed against the Boston Red Sox in Fenway, if Herman manages to complete this, also 79 pitches so far for Herman. So he has a chance here to pull off what would be the most unlikely of no hitters this year. Seven strikeouts also for Herman. Not a perfect game. He did walk a batter earlier in the game, but we did almost have a no hitter last night. I think Correct. Patrick Sandoval. We almost had two last night, actually. Yeah, yeah, I know Patrick Sandoval went eight and a thirds for the Angels before. Uh, and, and Joe Madden did not leave him in to finish the game. So, because uh, that trustworthy Angels bullpen yes. you have to go to. But yeah, Patrick Sandoval almost got it. Did not happen. So we'll see what happens with Herman here as he has Xander Bogarts at the dish right now. Right. And the Astros, too, yesterday with a combined no hitter, got themselves into the eighth inning before Texas mm-hmm. uh, got a hit. By the way, the uh, not to waste much time on the Texas Rangers, 
Wes, the Texas Rangers are on an 11-game losing streak and have not had a lead in any of those 11 games. Yeah, and you would expect that there's going to be a couple guys departing that roster before the trade deadline on Friday. Joey Gallo, I'm sure, is going to get a lot of run and a lot of demand. Kyle Gibson, I think, is going to do the same, even though he's kind of been a little iffy in his last couple starts. But I do think he's put good numbers up this year. And look, there are teams that want to add arms. Of course, we've seen... uh, Uh, Tampa Bay get in the mix, even though they traded Rich Hill to the Mets. But there's going to be some starting pitchers on the move here, I think, over the next few days. Starting pitchers, and Kyle Gibson, you mentioned, one of the names that would be stunning if he was not traded from Texas. Max Scherzer's the name we're all going to be waiting on the Nets are winning in Baltimore today against John Means. Runner does reach here, by the way, on a pass ball that is not a hit. It was actually a strikeout, but, strike. but the ball gets uh, passed. And look, the, the catchers have had a rough time for the New York Yankees. The guy Rob Brantley, of course, is uh, up for Cal Hishigioka. Has had a rough time. Uh, actually had a real bad run on the base paths yesterday. Cost them a run that you thought maybe was going to cost them the game. I was like, Rob Brantley is about to become more of a, a permanent institution in Scranton, Pennsylvania than Dunder Mifflin. Because they're going to send him back down because he had a rough night behind the plate, too, uh, with a, a few wild pitches. And, look, now it's Gary Sanchez. And we know Gary Sanchez is not the best defensive catcher right. in the world either. Well, if he's in Scranton, just don't let the GPS drive him into a lake. And right. All right there <laughs> uh, for, uh, for, for Rob Brantley. 3-0 uh, 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 Yankees leading the Red Sox. Again, the no-hitter's still intact. The drop third strike obviously uh, doesn't uh, doesn't blow that up. But uh, what may blow that up is that Rafael Devers is at the dish right now. Yes, with 26 for, for, home runs. For, for the Red Sox. And, again, it would be... If this is completed, the most it's been the year of the no hitter. This would be the most unlikely of the no hitters sure. so far this year. Sure, absolutely. So, and he Domingo Homeron, like most of the staff, Garrett Cole, I think, has been relatively consistent. But uh, the staff has just been up and down this year. So we shall see if uh, Domingo Herman, how late he is going to go. Only at eighty three pitches through six and a third right now. Other scores in baseball. Another brilliant pitching performance in Philadelphia by Aaron Nola, who really has found himself over the last month or so, Wes. You had him first five today. You got home, laying the half run thanks to a run in the fourth inning for the Phillies. That's in the top of the eighth. There's two outs. It's still one nothing Philadelphia. It is, and uh, Aaron Nola right now, it's Jock Peterson up against Noah. Noah, 105 pitches, only has allowed three hits, seven strikeouts to seven and two-thirds innings. But, look, if he gets young Jock out here at the plate, do you go ahead and go the distance? And he absolutely did. He has struck out Jock Peterson. We are now going to the bottom of the eighth with a one nothing lead. Aaron Noah, 106 pitches, but you do have one of the more ineffective bullpens in baseball. So we'll see Philadelphia, who I still think is in the race, despite the fact that they're one game under 500 behind the New York Mets. They got to get some reliever help or see if they can get some middle relief or somebody that they can have locked down a closer role because it has not gone swimmingly there for that bullpen. I leave them in. I wouldn't even think twice. I'd leave them in. Yeah. And this is, look, the, uh, the, both of those teams are four games behind the Mets o- uh, uh, opening the day. Uh, right now, uh, the Mets and the Blue Jays playing an entertaining game at City Field. Uh, Mets are up one nothing through five. Rich Hill pitched very well for five innings. Uh, third time through the batting order, not kind to Rich Hill, though. Uh, allows the first three to reach. All three ended up scoring. The Blue Jays had a 3-1 lead. And then Pete Alonso, who's e- extraordinarily hot right now, hit another homer for the Mets to tie that game at three in the bottom of the six. So 
the Phillies, uh, you got to take advantage of this start from Nolan. Mm-hmm. Just leave him in, and if he gets beat, I think you just tip your cap here, Wes. Don't let that bullpen screw it up. Yeah, G. Roddy doesn't need to really overthink this. That, of course, being Joe Girardi. So needs to leave him in here, I think. And, and, and look, trust your guy here. As Domingo Herman, by the way, it is now two outs here in the bottom of the seventh, now at 89 pitches, trying to go ahead and retire to the side. Uh, no hitter still intact for Herman. Yeah, again, it, it, very impressive so far from Domingo Herman. Again, up and down year, had uh, had off the field issues leading into this year as well. Uh, but today, uh, so far, so good in a one two count, and he is through seven no hit innings in Fenway. I, again, would be. In the year of the no-hitter, the most stunning of all yeah. if Herman was able to complete it against this lineup in this ballpark. Four strikeouts, by the way, in this inning for well, Domingo Herman. <laughs> Duran, uh, who they called up from uh, Worcester, the AAA affiliate, Bogart struck out, did reach on a pass ball, Devers and J.D. Martinez. So now Domingo Herman with 10 strikeouts through seven innings. Again, uh, the, the Yankees uh, have only had one no-hitter ever at Fenway. So looking to get to number two in the... Uh, the, the last time there was a no-hitter with the Yankees against the Red Sox, it was a pretty famous one, actually, Wes. It was the July 4th no-hitter. Yes. Dave Rigetti yes. doing it in 1983. Yeah, so uh, look, now, if they go on to win this game, and by the way, it is a 3 nothing lead for the Yankees going into the top of the eighth, middle of the order up, but this would put them, this would give them a split, 52-46. and 46. Does that give them false hope in the AL Yes, East? it does. Because I kind of think it does a little bit, too, but... I think it's going to be like maybe they're not buyers, but maybe they're not sellers either because the Yankees kind of look like a team. It's like maybe they're going to stand pat here. Like I think long term the best thing is to get a couple pieces because I don't think that they're catching Boston or Tampa Bay. Speaking of Tampa Bay, 2-1 lead in the top of the eighth inning for the Rays, looking for a four-game sweep in Cleveland. Nelson Cruz already paying early dividends. uh, Three games, two homers so far for Cruz in a Ray jersey. And the, the Rays... If the results hold in Boston and Cleveland, Tampa Bay will be leading the division by a game over Boston. And I'm not sure the Rays are going to be done necessarily before they shouldn't the deadline be. either. I think that they need another starting pitcher. I think they need to see what they can do to get like a Jose Barrios or a Domingo Herman or one of these guys on the blocks. Maybe Colorado puts John Gray on the block. Herman Marquez would be good too. Yes, absolutely, because they're going to need somebody because, of course, they don't have Tyler Glass now. And, and that's a big loss. So I think, look, Ryan Yarborough, by the way, a very good outing today. Seven innings strong and six strikeouts, only allowing five hits and an earned run. So very good effort there. So that's obviously encouraging for Kevin Cash in Tampa Bay, but they do need another arm. Yeah, the uh, the, the one interesting thing with Tampa, like like you said, they Glass now we probably won't see again this year. It'd be highly unlikely. Uh, but look, that, that lineup, and, and maybe it's just because it's the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. Even before Cruz, that lineup was still pretty good. Now with a legitimate big bopper power bat like Nelson Cruz, that's the regardless of even if they get starting pitching, they're going to be extraordinarily tough out in the postseason. Absolutely, and then of course, uh, Randy, hey, Rosarena. No. being the uh, lineup, uh, I, I had to get that in. <laughs> I probably should have let that pass, but old habits die hard. So Rosarena, look, they've got some guys with pop in the lineup here, and Nelson Cruz just solidifies that. Wes, your guy Johnny Vegas, a solo leader right now in Blaine, Minnesota at the 3M Open, leading Cam Champ, Bo Hogue, Ches Revy, and Pat Perez by a shot. When we get back, we'll give you the live lines 
on the golf tournament, also what's going on across Major League Baseball. And we begin our look at college football here on a Sunday on the Green Zone on VSIN. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. With football season just around the corner, it's time to get BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gamble problem call 1-800-522-4700. I'm Jeff Parles. He's Wes Reynolds. It is the Green Zone here on VSIN, the sports betting network live at Circa. Wes, uh, let's get a quick update 
on what's going on in the 3M Open. Johnny Vegas very close to a two-shot lead, just missing a birdie putt on nine. Yeah, he is currently 13 under par, does have a one-shot lead on the field. Uh, tied for second, you got the trio of players, including another guy, have Bo Hogue. I think he's going to run out of holes, though. Bo Hogue is 12 under par. He is through 13. Ches Reeby also 12 under par, as is Cameron Champ. So live prices right now. Johnny Vegas actually not the favorite, so maybe while this is at commercial, Cameron Champ might have made a birdie. Cameron Champ now 275, Johnny Vegas 3-1, to Chez Reby 7-1. Camtron Galley was your overnight leader, and Cameron Champ does make birdie at number 8, so he is now tied for the lead in one hole ahead of Jonathan Vegas. And Trin Galley won over so far in his round. He was the overnight leader, but he is now 12-1, to as is Maverick McNeely, Bo Hogue, Charles Schwartzel 14 to 1, Pat Perez 16 to 1, Gary Woodland at 20 to 1. So we still have a very condensed leaderboard, but the man on top of it right now, Johnny Vegas at 13 under par. Brant Snedeker, by the way, trying to get in the be the early clubhouse leader, 11 under par. He is through 17 holes, so that's not going to be good enough. Even if he makes birdie, 12 under is not going to win this thing. I think 16 under is your winning score. Cameron Champ uh, again has had. Up until last week, a really rough go of it the last few months. So good to see the young American back in the, back on the saddle here. Always up there, kind of with Bryson DeChambeau. Whenever you look at the stats, he is always up there in terms of strokes gained off the tee because he is an absolute bomber off that tee. Of course, won that Safeway Open a couple of years ago, but now down to 119th in the world. And I believe he's missed nine of his 16 cuts this year. So this would by far, however this shakes out, this is going to be his best finish of 2021. Uh, in uh, Boston, let's go there, Wes. Uh, we got a, we got an old-fashioned pickle right there uh, for the Yankees, but uh, they lead four nothing. They've added to their lead, but uh, the big news in this one: Domingo Herman, in the year to no hitter, is going for the most unlikely of no hitters against baseball's best offense in obviously one of the best hitters' parks ever in the history of baseball. Four nothing Yankees. Herman no no through seven. Yeah, and, and by the way, let's go to Philadelphia, too. Yep, Insur- insurance run, uh, Torrey is with the home run, so let's see if Aaron Nola is going to come out here for the top of the ninth. 106 pitches, trying to get this shutout win over the Braves. Get back to 500, and then uh, we'll update Toronto Mets. We did talk about that in the first segment. Jacob Barnes, a rough time for the Blue Jays here in the bottom of the sixth. After Toronto plates three, by the way, in the top of the sixth, Four runs here in the bottom of the six. Jeff McNeil, a two-run double, and Pete Alonzo, yet another home run. Dave Joust wasn't pitching to him like he was in the home run derby, but Jacob Barnes uh, uh, did his uh, best. Uh, actually, Jacob Barnes did not give it up, though, to Alonzo. It was Baruki. And then Barnes came in yes, and made a mess. And made it worse. With, yeah, made it worse yes. with two outs and nobody on. Uh, a single, a walk and a single, and then a two-run double by McNeil, who was not in the starting lineup as uh, he had uh, he, little bit of a muscle pull while mm-hmm. trying to beat out a ground ball in Cincinnati earlier this week in a 7 nothing game. Hasn't been in the lineup the whole weekend, but continues his hit streak with a big pitch hit double to give the Mets the lead. 5-3 New York as they play in the seventh. Jerry's Familia now in for the Mets, who are trying to win two out of three and keep their four-game lead over the winner of the Braves-Phillies game today uh, and a five-game lead over the loser. The Mets play uh, the Braves for five starting tomorrow with a doubleheader, West. So, an opportunity here, again, in a year that has been all over the map for the New York Mets, even with all the problems they've had, they've been in first place since the last week of April, 
and are still in first place and, again, an opportunity to put the Braves away this week. Yeah, absolutely. And Aaron Nola is on the mound Correct for the move. start of the ninth inning. So Joe Girardi going to let him go ahead and finish the job. And why not? Eight innings pitch, only three hits allowed, eight strikeouts for Aaron Nola. Correct move. It's the only Look, it's the only move there in that spot yeah. with the way that bullpen has really been. Let's just say it. It's been an abomination this year so far in Philadelphia. A tie at the top in Minneapolis. Jonathan Vegas, Cameron Champ, 13 under with a few still chasing. When we get back, Wes, can anyone play with the Buckeyes in the Big Ten on the gridiron this year? We'll get the answer from you. We'll see if Wes Reynolds is high on his Hoosiers, too. That's next. You're in the Green Zone on v In. And of course, I got to tell you about the VSIN football betting guides that are coming soon. And there's no better way to prepare for the college and pro seasons. Uh, with, again, get the guides. Our experts provide profiles on every team with advanced stats and power ratings. Plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide is $20, and discounts are available when you buy both. Now's the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VSIN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now, vsin.com slash subscribe. It is the Green Zone on vsin. I'm Jeff Farles. He's Wes Reynolds. Wes, the no-hitter is over in Fenway. Yeah, and Domingo Herman now in the dugout. 93 pitches, the runner on. He is responsible for that. But still a really good outing for Herman. Uh, Ten strikeouts in seven full innings. So no-hitter gets into the eighth, but no-hitter no more at Fenway Park. Oh, the, uh, the Yankees, again, would be a big split for the Yankees to at least... Stay afloat. Yeah. Stay afloat in the uh, in the AL playoff race. Again, still a lot of work to do, but if they had gotten swept, like we discussed yesterday, when we went off the air, it looked like they were about to get uh, go down three games to none before that big eighth inning last night. But now an opportunity to at least uh, salvage a split uh, in uh, in Boston. Oh, Austin Riley making yeah. things interesting and in Philly. Joe Girardi's going to go ahead and get Aaron Nola. Gets through eight and two-thirds. Austin Riley touches him up. So 116 pitches. So we'll see if he's just going to talk to him and if Nola can say, okay, leave me in, Skip, and that's not going to be his decision because Aaron Nola heading to the dugout. So Philly's bullpen's got to get one more out, but a brilliant performance from Aaron Nola today despite that home run. Yeah, Nola, one one out shy of a complete game shutout, and now it'll be interesting to see who the, uh, the Phillies bring in here to try to get the one out and avoid, avoid what would be a – it would be another bullpen calamity. Dansby Swanson will be the batter for Atlanta as they try to hold a one-run lead. Also, uh, before we get to the Big Ten, speaking of a game in Big Ten country, uh, the Cleveland soon-to-be Guardians making things interesting all of a sudden against the Rays. They have two on with nobody out in the bottom of the eighth in a 2-1 game, and Jose Ramirez is about mm-hmm. to come up. 
Yeah, and a, a hit batsman right there. That's Rosario getting hit by Matt Whistler. So the first two runners here in the bottom of the eighth are on for the Cleveland Indians, soon-to-be Guardians, 2-1. to uh, Kind of reminds me when, when those logos came out the other day and that name change, it reminded me of Major League where you had the ground screw saying they're still crappy, I'll use that word, instead of the word they actually used. Uh, so a lot of people on social media, that reaction to these new logos was not positive. But nevertheless, if the Indians win the game, that's going to be the bottom line. They are currently 500 right now. Yeah, hey, look, it, the name is what it is. Yes. It is what it is. Yeah. I would have preferred the Spiders, yes. but it, it's okay. Uh, and, and, and look, Wes, it's been a little bit over a year since Washington rebranded re to Washington football team. Mm-hmm. We got used to it. Yes. We'll get used to the Cleveland things, Guardians. Time as well. passes, things change. Yeah, we'll, we'll get used to it. I'm not too worried about that. By the way, the Red Sox have already scored against the Yankees' bullpen. So uh, It is Jonathan Lewisica, by the, by the way, in there for the Yankees. Yeah, so things could get very interesting very quickly up at the Fens uh, in Boston. Uh, let's go to, uh, oh, actually, it wasn't Jose Ramirez. It's Harold Ramirez. See, I, yes. uh, getting, uh, getting fooled right there. But uh, regardless, uh, the Indians have uh, two on and nobody out in the bottom of the eighth inning against the Tampa Bay Rays. Let's go to the Big Ten. Okay. Let's go to the Big Ten. Let's uh, look at some conference odds, and we'll work our way through win totals uh, through, the, through the rest of this hour here on the Big Ten, uh, Wes. Shocking development that Ohio State is minus 225 mm -hmm. at BetMGM. Uh, to win the Big Ten yet again, Wisconsin plus six fifty, Penn State eight to one, Iowa nine to one, Michigan and uh, Indiana at twenty to one, Minnesota twenty five to one. Everyone else, uh, really, honestly, no one else really has a chance other than yes. Ohio State to win this league. Yes, uh, forty to one on Northwestern. Uh, everyone else north of that. Wes, let's just start with this because we'll get to the Buckeyes. Because even with the new quarterback in Stroud, there replacing uh, Justin Fields, who of course is a Chicago Bear. They're still loaded on offense. Mm -hmm. They're still loaded on defense. They're going to win this league unless if something really shocking happens. The rest of this league, though, Wes, who do you think are those other teams, though, that are fighting for the second-best position, the third-best position in this league? And I agree. I think Ohio State's still going to win the league. However... It's tough to call an odds-on favorite lukewarm, but they're only about $2 when right. you look at Ohio State, so they are gettable. That secondary's got to get a lot better. That pass defense was absolutely terrible by Ohio State standards when you're giving up 66% completion, 7.7 .7 yards per attempt, but credit to Ryan Day. He did something Urban never did, and that's lead them to undefeated regular seasons back-to-back, -back. so Ohio State is going to have the talent, but... Uh, if I look a little bit down in terms of teams that I think are going to be better, I don't know if they're going to have enough, but I do think Penn State in the East is going to rebound a little bit. They went 0-5 to start the season, but they won their last four, 4-5. Four they were drained, opted out of the bowl game. James Franklin spent the year away from his family because his daughter has sickle cell disease. They changed the offensive coordinator. Kirk Syrock is out. Mike Yurcich is in. Of course, he was on Tom Herman's staff at Texas. They're loaded at running back. They're going to run a more up-tempo offense, too, with uh, Sean Clifford and kind of take the ball out of his hand so he doesn't have to wait and make too many decisions. Penn State's defense, seven starters are back. They had their worst unit basically in eight years under this D.C. Brett Pry. So Penn State, I got to think, is going to have that mission year where they're going to rebound. But if I'm looking in the West... Iowa and Wisconsin are basically the two favorites right now in the West. But I tell you the team people are sleeping on, and I think it's Minnesota. Minnesota, remember, they beat Auburn. They had that 11-win season the year prior in 2019. The expectation was there for last year. 
But what happened, you know, P.J. Fleck likes to say, row the boat. Well, Michigan came into Minneapolis and sunk their battleship <laughs> and, and really just hammered them, especially at the line of scrimmage. But all, everybody has a lot of starters back, but especially Minnesota. 20 returning starters, including Tanner Morgan. Uh, the running game is back. All five of the starters on the offensive line are back. I just think it was kind of like too much too soon. It was too many expectations for Minnesota. Now they fall under the radar. You got the soft non-conference schedule. Miami of Ohio, Colorado, Bowling Green. They could get off to a good start. After they play Ohio State, of course, in week one. By the way, there's some 14s out there. I think it's 13 and a half at BetMGM. That two touchdowns actually is looking a little tasty with Minnesota at home. I think that this is going to be very much the under-the-radar team in the Big Ten West. Here's what I'll say with the Big Ten West. I like the, the one concern that I have with the team I like the most, which is Iowa, which, look, they're going to have their great offensive line. They have a great running They're going to be again. Iowa. They're going to be <laughs> Iowa. And most importantly, Wes, to me, they still have the best coach in the division. Yeah. I still think Kirk Ferentz, even though, again, he's been there forever and has an extension to, uh, well, I don't know, about 2150 at this rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still the best coach in that division. The concern for Iowa, though, out West, they have to go to Madison. Yes. That is the big difference that could end up killing all chances of them winning that division. I'm intrigued by the Gophers, though. Very interesting that you're high on them. We'll continue the Big Ten discussion when we get back. Also, oh, we still have a tie for the lead in Minneapolis in the 3M Open, and the Red Sox are threatening. That's next here on the Green Zone on VSIN. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Fearlessly on your favorite sports with a risk-free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just sign up using the bonus code VSIN600 and get in the game with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the promo code VSIN600 to make your first bet risk-free up to $600. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older to place a wager, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. In Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C., call 1-800. That's that's in those numbers. Call 1-800-522-4700. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text REDLINE 1-800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And a promotional offer not available in Nevada. A lot has happened on the diamond since we've been gone, Wes Reynolds. And let's start in Boston where... It's happening again to the Yankees' bullpen. Yeah, and not only Domingo Herman doesn't have his no-hitter, but he is watching his bullpen. Jonathan Luisica has already given up three runs. Runners now at second and third. Zach Britton will come in and try to minimize the damage. So Herman, best effort of the season, not even not just going to not get the no-hitter, of course, but may not get the victory, too, as, as Jonathan Luisica, an absolutely terrible performance for a guy that's been, I think, pretty solid this year in terms of, of middle relief and his temporary starter. But now Zach Britton has to uh, minimize the damage that he has surely caused. Now 4-3 to three here in Fenway Park, and that's going to get the tying run home. Zach Britton does get a ground out. Runner advances the third. So now no decision for Domingo Herman on the afternoon. What a train wreck for the New York Yankees. A day after doing this to Boston where – Looked all all but done and, and scored four in the eighth, end up holding on for a one run win. And now in a game where Domingo Herman had a no hitter through seven plus, not even gonna get a decision right. leading by four. And and now the Red Sox, who uh, by the way, when when Herman was pulled West, were as high as plus four fifty to win this game, are now over four dollars to win this game in a tie game at four four with one out and a runner at third in the eighth inning. Yeah, so uh, the Reds. Uh, this would be a devastating loss no, for the would, Yankees. This would be this would be lights out for the Yankees. Well, after you stole one yesterday, yeah. uh, when uh, it looked like uh, there was no hope, and they stole one late. So uh, Zach Britton now just one out. And by the way, the heart of the order that was Kevin Ploiecki that grounded ground ball out that drove that tying run in. So now you have Bogarts and Devers up at the plate. 
Uh, Britain again, uh, to again, has been hurt most of the year for the Yankees trying to get out of this here in the bottom of the eighth inning with the game tied at four. And again, the meat of the order coming up for Boston. Uh, and also, uh, at least some new, uh, uh, what a flip potentially here in the AL East, too, uh, for what it could have been on the day where the Rays could have moved into first place on their own. Uh, the Rays have given up two in the eighth inning and have fallen behind the Cleveland Indians three to two. And in Boston, fly ball to right, runner tags, throw to the plate, not in time, and the Red Sox have a 5-4 lead in the bottom of the eighth inning. And you mentioned, let's go back to Cleveland, too, 3-2 to two here, still a runner on in the bottom of the eighth. Cleveland has two runs in here. That was uh, Matt Whistler that gave it up. So now Poppin coming on, try to minimize the damage and see what the Rays can do in the top of the ninth. But the Red Sox have now taken the lead, and the Indians have come back. So now we'll go to the top of the ninth in Cleveland. Uh, six, seven, eight up for the Tampa Bay Rays. It'll be Franco, Wendell, and Mejia for Tampa against Kloss in the ninth inning. Uh, the hard-throwing right-hander for Cleveland. Let's dive back into Big Ten country here, Wes. Uh, actually, before we get to Big Ten country, uh, the golf event in Big Ten country uh, still still a tie at the top between Cameron Champ and Jonathan Vegas. Yeah, and uh, currently both of these guys at 13 under par. Johnny Vegas plus two and a quarter. Cam Champ at plus 250. Then go down to Roger Sloan at eight to one. Matt McNeely 12 to one. Trent Galley 14 to one. And then a host of players: Revi Schwartzel and Pat Perez at 16 to one. Let's uh, let, let's keep rolling here, uh, Wes, uh, on the Big Ten. Somebody disagreed with your opinion on Kirk Ferentz. Uh, if we're going who, back who's, to the uh, Big who, who, Ten, who's who's better in the Big Ten, Wes? I'm just curious. Well, I mean, look, Kirk Ferentz, in terms of developing players. I think is arguably the best, and I think his draft record absolutely shows that, Mm -hmm. especially with offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Correct. Because that's what kind of separates. Like, uh, and and I'll use an anecdote for my program because uh, I I don't want to call myself a booster. It's a it's a small, medium yearly donation I make to Indiana University Athletics as a as a proud alum, and. I went to an event, this is before I moved out here, our old athletic director, uh, who's preceded the current one right now, once had a little, pro- you know, when you thank everybody for coming to the event, hey, thank you for coming out, thank you for your support, all that stuff, and we got into a discussion about the football program, a group of us in our former AD, and he said, look, my goal is to get Indiana University to an Iowa level in terms of the football program, where you're consistently going to bowl games, you're winning eight games, nine games sometimes, maybe every several years you win ten games and get into like a New Year's Six type of ball. And, and again, if you ever are in a division now with Ohio State, maybe making yeah. a short trek to Indianapolis from Yeah, Washington. exactly. But the reason, the thing that separates like an Iowa from like an Indiana, uh-huh. historically at least, it's not really the quarterbacks or the skill position players. What separates them is the line. It, yeah, it's the offensive and defensive line. Kirk Ferentz has always managed to get really good recruits on that offensive who, who, line. Uh, who, who's uh, the uh, the person on the Twitter sphere uh, saying there, Wes? Because if you say Pat, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald, I'll listen. Yeah, well, that is what yes, he is saying. Absolutely. Uh, a gentleman I'll, I'll, by the I'll, name I'll of listen. AJ, who uh, lives here in Summerlin, mm-hmm. at 702 underscore AJ. And look, yeah, I'm a man. Pat Fitzgerald stan myself because this is a guy that's always really good as an underdog. It almost used to be like, even though handicapping is never really that simple or sports betting in anything is never that simple, it's almost like if you if you bet Pat Fitzgerald is an underdog, you're going to cash more tickets than you're going to lose because he always gets his kids to play above their capability. Now, this is not a team I am that high on this year. Uh-huh. I think this is going to be a step back type of year because 
look, in, in a year where you have so many super seniors, Northwestern for the first time ever had two guys drafted in the first round. Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle, and Greg Newsom, the defensive mm-hmm. back. Peyton Ramsey was the grad transfer from Indiana, is now gone. So I believe I believe it's Ryan Holinsky that is that is taking over there, the uh, South Carolina correct, yeah. transfer. So look, they only I believe have like four starters back on both sides of the ball. So this was a team that I was really down on, and I was looking under for their season wins. And look. Northwestern as a culture, they're probably going to get like a culture win at some point on their schedule that they probably shouldn't because that's what they usually do. But when you have the fewest starters in the Big Ten, when an average team is bringing back 16 or 17 starters, let alone what I mentioned Minnesota earlier, bringing back 21 and 22. The one thing I will say with Northwestern is their schedule is pretty soft. In the non-conference, yes. And and also, too, you look at the winnable conference games. Mm Mm-hmm. Michigan State to open the season at Ryan Field on a Friday night. And that is a revenge spot, though, yes, because remember, Northwestern exactly. lost to Sparty last Exactly. Line. That's a winnable game at home. And they do avoid Ohio State, Indiana, and Correct. Penn State from the east. They however, do go to the big house. Which, however, uh, I do think six and a half is high. I, I think six and six is probably where they land, yes. even though the schedule is up there. Again, it's just in a year with the super senior, Wes, mm-hmm. where if you're a team that's not, especially a, a team that, look, they were talented last year. There's no arguing that. But for a team that traditionally overachieves because of their coach, mm-hmm. it's hard in a year where everyone else around you is bringing back 80%, 85% of their starters, yeah. and you're bringing back about 60%. Yeah, exactly, because I just think that this and, – and Northwestern caught some breaks in terms of the scheduling last year. And, look, they got Wisconsin because I think uh, I think it was Graham Mertz, if memory serves me correctly, his return off of COVID. Because remember that game against Illinois where Wisconsin opened and he was like 20-21, and 21, five touchdowns, about 250 yards. And it's like, okay, this is the Graham Mertz that was the five-star guy because Wisconsin doesn't usually get – five-star quarterbacks you know they usually get pretty good ones but obviously the best one in the program since Russell Wilson came in for that year at the end from NC State but then Graham Mertz got COVID and then he didn't look the same after that Northwestern's defense they were one of the best defenses by the way their longtime defensive coordinator at Northwestern Mike Hankwitz is retiring this year so Mm -hmm. now you're going or uh, has retired last year so he's not going to be there so now you have a new defensive coordinator we'll see how much you change that scheme and that's something I always look at in terms of what are the coordinators are going to do are they going to do something different now you're doing something different and you don't have a lot of returning personnel so that concerns me for them yeah look and the other thing is too uh just and you have to keep this in mind when you're handicapping this Mm -hmm. year just because of the virtue of the COVID rules. Yes. Most teams in a normal year, Wes, yeah. if you're returning about 70% of your starters, mm-hmm. that's a huge number. This year, you're actually a little bit below average. Exactly. That's how, again, you have to you have to look at that this year. And again, there's some teams where it doesn't matter. Like, again, like Alabama, even though they had all those first-round picks, they're reloaded. They're still the best team in the country. And let me add to that point a little bit, too, because when you're reading these preseason publications, and hopefully the VSIN betting guide available later this week is one of those, but if you're reading all the magazines that we all get, including Kenny White's uh, great publication, which you've heard about on this very network in terms of certain programming, you got to look at the roster, too, because it's going to say, like, Graham Mertz, freshman. 
because those years did not count. They get the extra year. So even though Grand Mertz is like really a sophomore at Wisconsin, he's going to be listed as a freshman. So, you know, guys that are juniors are going to be listed as sophomores. So definitely keep that in mind uh, if that throws you off a little bit. Because the first time when I was doing research for writing some of my pieces in the VSIN College Football Betting Guide, I was kind of like, wait a minute. No, he's been there for, you know, four years and how he gets the extra year. So that did kind of throw me for a loop a little bit. Wes, when this is all said and done in the Big Ten, Ohio State plays who in Indianapolis? Ohio State. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to pick an upset. I'm going to say Ohio State and Minnesota. There we go. Rowing the boat all the way to Indianapolis. I'll go with Ohio State, Iowa, even though that game in Camp Randall concerns me to get Iowa back into the Big Ten title game. When we get back, West. The Red Sox and out of way. The Indians and out of way. And an update on the 3M Open. That's next on the Green Zone. about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.